Welcome back to Speak, Listen, Heal. I'm your host, Madison. This is episode six. And in this episode, we will hear from Melissa. She is yet another fabulous storyteller. She did such a good job telling her story, and I am so thankful that she did. The day that Melissa told her story, she came into the recording room with a stack full of papers as evidence of everything that happened, but despite what she's been through, she keeps on smiling and is a joy to be around, always making sure that others feel appreciated. In our follow-up interview, after she was done telling her story, she actually turned it around on me and said some really nice things that left me feeling really validated. Um, So it's been a privilege getting to work with her and to hear her story. Thanks to everyone for being here, and thanks for listening. Good morning. My name is Melissa Franklin Young. I am from Alaska. I am here to tell you my testimony of my life experience past and present. On January the 1st of 2019, I met the man of my dream. We talked and on February the 19th, on February of 2019, um, we made connection that I would come down to North Carolina to visit. I shared with him about my cancer. We agreed that neither one of us would leave either or homeless or without a vehicle if it did not work out. I stayed. Then I went back to Alaska. I began to pack all of my things in order for my new journey, new life with the man in my life. I moved to North Carolina as of April of 2019. We remodeled the current home that we were living in. At the time, he was doing bariatrics appointments. I was there for all of them, helped him with his diet, seeing progress in his weight loss. Valentine's Day of 2019 was beautiful. July of 2019, we had to move into his father's home. His father could no longer stay by himself. So we began on that journey to take care of his father. If any man or woman wants to move in to take care of their ill parent, I think it is awesome. I think it shows care. I think it shows character. And I think it shows love. As we begin on that journey, on September the 12th, 2019, we lost his father. It was a very sad time because I took care of his father the very best that I could. On September 2019, we got married. I became a wife. 
the best day someone wanted me to be their queen. October 2019 was so blessed because that was my birthday. I was spoiled. November 2019, Thanksgiving, beautiful. We cooked together. Family came over. We had an awesome time. December the 25th, Christmas Day, beautiful. Many gifts, lots of love, family, gathering. Beautiful time, beautiful, beautiful. January of 2020, we celebrated his birthday at Ruth Chris. Beautiful day. Took pictures, ate, had fun. March 2020, we remodeled his dad's home because now it's it became our home. We were making it a home for us. It was beautiful once done. Oh, it was challenging, but it came out beautiful. Um... Then I started asking about his dad's will and the bills. He didn't want to share anything and told me it was none of my damn business. I'm your wife. You wouldn't have to ask me. I would tell you anything and everything because I have nothing to hide. Because that's what I thought being married and being a family was really all about. April of 2020, he told me he only had enough of money to take care of himself. I had no insurance, health insurance that is. I had no job. I'm lost for words. May of 2020, he stopped giving me money. I'm living off of money from days before. When he was giving me money, I was saving it for a rainy day until he felt like I've been good enough to get some more money again. June 2020, I went and got a job because he didn't want to pay for my health care. He didn't want to pay for my phone bill anymore. Basically, he just didn't want to take care of me anymore. Remember, I was a stay-at-home wife. I started working. After working for a while, I didn't want to go to a client's house, but the job forced me to go. On October of 2020, I started not feeling good. By the 18th, I got COVID, and life started for me. Body aches not being able to do anything, no energy, breathing problems, back and forward to the hospital. I'm in the hospital in the emergency room, checking my breathing. Next thing you know, he turned off my phone while I was in the emergency room because he thought that I was with another man. He didn't take me to the hospital. I had to drive myself. Mind you, I was there for him for everything needed to be done. I was a faithful, loving, caring, giving wife, the best that I could be. I was scheduled to see the doctor on October 28, 2020. Well, by that time I had COVID, lost the job, back with no health insurance, struggling dealing with COVID. He said, 
Oh, so you're going to go into the other room, other room now since you have Rona. I said, yes. He began to make jokes with his friends on the phone. On October of 2020, I'm struggling with COVID. It's my birthday. Oh, what a special day. I went to the store with little energy just to buy me a flower. And my daughter sent me a beautiful bouquet of flowers. He told me happy birthday on Facebook about 3 p.m. No gifts, no dinner, no love, no I love you. I was fighting COVID along with no support from him. I asked for food from Outback. He told me I wanted an expensive meal. I hadn't eaten nothing good in a little while dealing with COVID. December the 25th, 2020. It's Christmas. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Ah, I went out, I brought Christmas gifts, we cooked dinner for the family, the kids' grandbaby came over, we sent my grandbaby gift box, and I even brought him a gift, several gifts. Oh, I was so excited to give everybody their gifts. Everybody was all excited opening their gifts and sitting down laughing and talking. But me, I got nothing. He bought me absolutely nothing, you guys. I was so heartbroken. Nothing. When I say nothing, I mean not one gift. Oh, I cried. I was devastated. So later on, after everybody left, everything's cleaned up. I ridiculed him about not doing anything for me. And how could he do me that? And everybody else opening gifts. Oh, he decided to give me some money the next day. But the next day was too late. Christmas was over. There was no one to see my smile or what the man supposedly loved me gave to me. January 2021. His son gave him a birthday party. I helped, but I didn't say happy birthday. I ran out to get more food per his son's request. Once I called back to the house about wanting, needing something else from the store, he told me I already, I already ate. Once I got back, I just fixed him some side items. Here I am, I'm running around for someone that said nothing to me for my birthday. As I'm running around getting more stuff for his party that his son given him, he had done eaten. Wow. Valentine's Day 2021, it was beautiful, nice gifts. But I felt okay. I felt loved that day because it's Valentine's Day. It was my favorite day. I love hearts. That's me. That's who I am. March 2021. We decided to go ahead and move forward. We went ahead and got grandkids, some life insurance, getting things in order because the home that we were staying in is completed now, remodeled, both of them. So they're ready for his son or my children to live in 
take care of the property there while we move on to our dream. April and May 2021, he shared with me about him and his father's dream to have a house on the water. So I told him it was my dream too. He said, nobody cares about what you want. I got up and I went and shed a tear. Although we were out searching for waterfront property, we were still looking for a retirement home. Even though he made that statement, I'm looking, I'm going to all these beautiful houses and I'm imagining and designing, you know, I'm, I'm all excited um, for the Outer Banks of North Carolina, beautiful place. Then June 2021, he started putting restraining orders on me, trying to force me out the house, back to back, taking the vehicle from me, trying to stop me from going to court while he's putting these restraining orders on me. I couldn't understand. I mean, like three restraining orders, just back to back to back to back to back to back. Telling the judge I was taking medicine and I was messing with his breathing machine. And I was just doing all of these things. And I'm like abusing the dog. And I'm like, huh? What? So I'm in court. I'm having a fight. I'm having to tell my story. And the judge just kept throwing them out, throwing them out, throwing them out. So here we are, July 2021. He changed the top locks on the doors at the house. Then he changed the bottom locks on the door at the house. So I have no keys to get into our home that I put my all into to design and fix, make it beautiful. I was a stay-at-home wife. I took care of it. I took pride in it. Not only that, I even landscaped the yard with my bare hands. Landscaped the yard, planted flowers, digged in dirt, something that a girly girl don't normally do, okay? But I did all of that because I took pride in the home that his father left because his father took pride and pride in ownership, home ownership. So with that being said, July, the end of July, there was another restraining order. By this time, okay, the locks have been changed on the house. He done took the vehicle tags off the vehicle. I can't drive, no license plate. Supposedly canceled the insurance. So I moved into a safe house. I left my home. I came all the way from Alaska to North Carolina to be married, happily married forever is what I thought. So from August, September, October, I was in a safe house. October the 7th, my beloved auntie passed. They brought her from Alaska to Louisiana. I just couldn't go without going to see her and to let her know that I loved her so much. Had a hard time because I still didn't grieve for her because I was going through so much. 
Now I find myself dealing with the love of my life gone. And what I thought was the love of my life was my husband, which turned out to not be so. Then on October the 15th, I came back to our home. When I came back to our home, I knocked on the door. He pretended like he didn't know who it was. He asked me several times who it was. Then when he came to the door, I let him know I was going to be sitting outside in the car. As I'm sitting in the car, I noticed a woman came out of the house. Hmm. Made me confused for a minute. She went into the truck that he took the tags off. Wouldn't let me drive anymore. She came to the truck. She opened the door. She got her night bag out. Well, I just have to be blank. She had on some booty shorts and a shirt. So she walked back up and I said, hi. She said, hi. They looked out the window to see if I was watching. She walked back in the master bedroom. Hmm. Well, what you say? So little did I know I continued to kind of sit outside for a little while longer because I was exhausted. Driving 15 straight hours, no sleep. So as I'm sitting in the driveway, became daylight. She came, I went to the truck. The alarm went off, so she came shooting out the back door. She said, Melissa. I said, yes, who are you? I'm his woman. Mm, really? Yeah, I'm his woman. She said, you his ex? I say, no. I'm his wife. Y'all not met? Y'all not divorced? No. Y'all not legally separated? No. Well, he told me y'all was divorced. Well, no. Well, I don't mess with married men. Well, you're messing with a married man. This is my house, and you're driving my vehicle. So by this time, he never came outside. He never addressed her. He never even addressed me, his wife. But he wanted me off the property. She wanted me off the property. So they called the police. The police came and escorted me off the property. And life began. From that day up until November the 15th, I was homeless, living in a rental car. I paid $507.34 a week to have this car because I had no vehicle and I had no home. I lived in this car I worked from this car. I went to gas stations, took wash-ups. I went to truck stops, paid $14 at Love's to take a shower, just so that I could be clean. No one really knew my situation at my job. They just thought, oh, just happy-go-lucky Melissa, because all I wore was a smile. But down inside, I was broken. 
I was battered. I was abused mentally. I was ridiculed like nobody could be ridiculed by a man that was supposed to love me. I gave up my whole life and everything that I had and knew for a chance at love. And this is where I'm at. November the 15th, I decided that I was tired of being homeless. I didn't want to be homeless no more. So I got in my rental car, drove back to my house. Him and his son was outside talking. I walked in through the back door and little did I know my life started. This woman had done moved in to my home with my husband and her grandson. So as I'm sitting down in the dining room, taking it all in, she's ridiculing me, telling me to go outside and why I didn't knock on the door and why I wasn't here with my husband and how I had neglected him and left him. And I'm sitting in the dining room. His son comes barging in. When his son comes in, he tells me, where you been? I should take you, take your head and stump it through this floor. So his cousin stepped in the front of him and said, man, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. So now I go in the front room and I sit down in the front of the window. I got his son and I got her really cueing me. And she's saying, oh, I don't do drama. I just don't do drama, Melissa. So as I'm sitting in the front of the window, the sun is just calling me so many names, you guys. I was so many bees, I couldn't believe it. This was somebody that I loved as my own. Gave him birthday parties, gave him money, bought him things, gave him little small things, encouraged him, ministered to him, spoke words of encouragement to him. Loved him like I loved my own kids. So I'm sitting in the front of the window and I'm looking at the son and I'm looking at the mistress. Now the son is saying, I ought to pick up this sofa and throw it at you and throw you out the window. His father never came in to cover me to say anything to neither one of them. I'm really cute in a house that I took care of my father-in-law in, that I remodeled and designed, made it beautiful for us. And now there's another woman in it. Okay, so on November the 16th, I'm in my home. I'm feeling good because I'm in a safe place. I'm in my home. Everything that's familiar to me. I cleaned my home for two days. It was so nasty. It was so dirty. Ah, and then I asked my husband, would he take me a few places? 
and um, I wanted to bring back the rental car. He told me, no, I can't take you nowhere because you might not be here much longer. You might not be here until Friday. Well, I listened to this woman go to work. I listened to her come back. He's babysitting her grandson. And I listened to her come in the door as his wife, me, his wife, sitting there. She comes in the door. Hey, big papa, what's up? Disrespecting me in my house, in my father-in-law's home. Not to mention all of her things is in the master bedroom. All of her clothes are in the master closet, in my dresser drawers, on top of my dresser. Her laundry basket is in my room. And I'm just like, <laughs> my mind just like, wow. How could you even think about doing something like this? And then I listened to him tell me, oh, she his caregiver. Hmm. What? Caregiver? What caregiver live in a client's bedroom? What caregiver does not want the wife in the room? Because I was barred from the master bedroom. I couldn't go in it. I was told if I turned that doorknob, a bullet would come through the door. But it's okay for her to come and go out the bedroom. I had to sit in the front room and watch her lay in my bed and rest. On the 18th, I was served with a restraining order. <laughs> I'm the wife. They're in my home and I can't do anything. They sitting down eating food like a big old family. Here I am, I'm so hungry. Didn't even buy me anything to eat. He didn't even offer me anything to eat. He wouldn't even give me a blanket to sleep with. So on the 18th, when the police came, I'm just sitting in the bed. I was served a restraining order that I had to leave. So I took the restraining order. I got back in my rental car. And I left my home again. Here I am, I'm homeless. Then I find out her birthday was November the 23rd. Then it was Thanksgiving. It was the holiday and I was homeless. December the 4th, I went back to the house. And when I went to the house, I knocked on the door. He came to the door. She was in the bedroom. He came to the door. He said, what you want? I said, I want to come into my house. I put one feet in the door. And when I mentioned the word mistress, he pushed me out and lost my balance. But I didn't fall. Well, the police was called. I told the police what happened. And then when the police went in the house to talk to him, he told the police, I pushed him. 
Mind you, my husband is 500 plus pounds. And then, also regarding the vehicle that he took from me, she was driving it the whole time. Mind you, from the beginning of the straining artist, he told the judge that he sold the vehicle. In July, he told the judge he sold the um, vehicle. But lo and behold, it's December and he still has it. He just didn't want me to drive it. So one night as I was sitting in the yard, she decided she left something in the house, so she ran in the house to go get it. Well, that was my opportunity to take my truck, locked my rental car, jumped in the truck, and took off. Well, when I took off, yeah, it still was life. <sighs> She had all of her things in the truck. Oh my God, it was so filthy. It ain't never looked like that before. But I got all the documentation that I needed. That night I slept in front of the police station because I didn't know where else to go. Breathing problems, EMT came out to try and assist me. Couldn't go to the emergency room. I wouldn't have had nobody to come and pick me up. I endured it. Police was called stating that I stole the vehicle. When the police asked me, did you drive this vehicle before? I say yes. I say that this is my vehicle. This is marital property. My husband brought this vehicle for me. He said, yeah, they calling the police now saying that you stole it. He said, ma'am, have a good night. I say, thank you, sir. I proceeded on. Then a little while after that, he decided that he's going to sell the truck to his friend's daughter. His friend's daughter claims ownership of my truck now. Stated how much money she gave him for the truck. I had stashed it. But when they called the police, I was made to return the truck. Well, when I returned the truck, I picked up my rental car. Well, when I picked up my rental car, little did I know. I told my lawyer to hold on for a minute. I was going to leave the house and I was going to talk to him. So when I left to go to talk to my lawyer, as I'm driving down the street, the back of my rental car is swaying from side to side to side to side to side to side. And my lawyer's on the phone and I didn't know what was going on. My lawyer's like, get somewhere safe, park, pull, 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 pull over and, and look at it. Well, I had two flat tires in the back. Went to the gas station. Come to find out one of the tires, the air was let out. The other tire had a big old cut in it. I had to call the rental company. 
I had to call the tow truck. I had to get all of that fixed. Well, here we almost to December the 9th, 2021. Since I had no keys to the house and I couldn't get in, I broke one of the windows out because I got in my house. She had keys. She could come and go. Her and her grandson and him, he told me, you ain't going to never get no keys, but I'm his wife. This is how I was treated. Once I break in the house, I get charges for breaking and entering. I get charges put on me for an assault. And on the ninth, I'm in the house. So I'm thinking, okay, she's coming to the house. The police is coming. Okay. But we're going to see because they've all been served with restraining orders. My husband, the mistress, and his son. Well, when the police came to the house, guess what? They escorted her in to get some things for her grandson. You'll never believe. It just started for me. I have a warrant for my arrest. I'm being put in handcuffs. Trying to secure the rental car in the driveway. Trying to figure this out, what in the world? He pressed charges on me, saying that I assaulted him. So now I'm in the back of a police car, crying, unsure what is going on. I'm being brought to the police station. I'm being touched. I'm being searched. I'm being looked at. I'm being booked. Y'all, I'm going to jail. Somewhere I've never been before. And you want to talk about being degraded as a woman for a woman that ain't never been to jail? I'm the one that will encourage you not to go to jail. I'm the one that will help you to do whatever it needs to do to keep you from going to jail. But I find myself going to jail now. Now, as I'm going to jail, I'm taking off my jewelry. I'm taking off my clothes. They're researching me, making me bend over, looking at my body. And now I got to put on some orange clothes. Now I got to sit down like I'm a criminal. Not knowing what's going on from one day to the next. And how did I get here for somebody who say they love me coming all the way from Alaska to be downgraded to nothing. Humiliated. Like I'm not even a person. Yes, as I'm talking, I'm shedding tears. But I've been through. I have to spend a night in a place I ain't never been before. 
as I'm laying there, not even laying, because I can't lay on this little cot. The bathroom is open. The sink is open. I don't even know how to use the water. The water flying all over. I done flooded the room because I don't know how to turn it on. I don't know how nothing works. I'm giving a little bitty cot. I'm giving a little bit of blanket and a little bitty. I think I might have had a pillow. I think. I'm hearing the doors clank behind me. Oh, my God, I'm crying. All night just crying, crying. Next thing you know, I'm being woke up. You got to go see the magistrate. Magistrate? For what? He done pressed more charges against me for breaking and entering. This time, I got shackles on my feet. I got handcuffs on my hands. I got on an orange uniform. It's three o'clock in the morning and I'm cold. I get to the magistrate and they let me know about the new charges. To be shackled in handcuffs and your feet to be shackled, I felt like a slave. I could only imagine what my ancestors went through. In shackle. Ah, but I had to live through that. Here we are. December the 20th. December the 20th. I have to go before the judge. And as I'm before the judge, it's about the assault charge. Now it's about the restraining order that I had on him his mistress, and his son. Well, he wants to get back into the house because he's had to leave for 14 days. He had to experience homelessness for 14 days because the judge did make him leave. Well, before the judge, he decided to tell his, his story about how I assaulted him. She even got on the witness stand and said, oh, yeah, I've been his caretaker since August. Just lying. Because remember, I said in October, she said that she was his woman. So now I get charges put on my records. I get the charges put on my records. Now I have to pay $493 fine. And if I don't pay that fine, I'm going back to jail. And I'm going to pay that fine until I get out of jail. Now I'm struggling because I have a job. And I have a rental car. Well... Come to find out, I lost the job. I had no money. How am I going to pay $493? So he got the house. All the restraining orders was dropped on him, the mistress, and the son. Charges stuck on me. And now I'm at the point where 
they went and put a 365-day restraining order on me to keep me from the house. So him, his mistress, and his son living a great life. While I was in jail, he took my mugshot, sent it to one of my family members, and posted R.I.P. across my forehead. Rest in peace. Now, I'm at a place where I've been told to leave North Carolina for my safety. My life was in danger. February the 9th, I'm standing in a safe place. But on February the 9th, I was in the home, the home on the left. When the home on the left and came back, the alarm came on. While I was getting ready to go take a shower, guess what? The granddaughter ran in behind and said, the house is on fire, the house is on fire. Everybody took off running out the house. Well, the house went poof. Just to let you know, the house was on fire while I was inside of it and I didn't even know it was burning. Now I'm dealing with a house fire. Now we're all dislocated, which brings me to staying in a hotel, Red Cross stepped in. This is where am I going to go? I'm a one day from being homeless. Am I going to be staying in the woods? Am I going to be staying on the streets? Where am I going? I was referred to neighborhood. They told me about someone named Aaron. I went to neighborhood, lost, not knowing what to do, where I'm going, how I'm going to get there. I was introduced to Aaron. Aaron introduced me to 180. 180 had a requirement that I needed a COVID test instant before I could be accepted. Well, my bed was secured for a couple of days. Aaron found agencies where I could go to get the COVID test. Once I got the COVID test, 180 had their doors open, ready, and had a bed for me. This is where my life is right now. Homeless, but in a safe place, 180. And also, as I'm at 180, I am in the culinary arts program. I am gaining skills. I am working to get back on my feet. And I am still dealing with the trauma of where the man that said he loved me have left me and put me out of our home to be with a mistress where the son ridiculed me.
These were the people I thought loved me. Huh? Rude awakening. Thank you for listening to my testimony. Blessings.